Welcome back, brothers and sisters in Christ. You're listening to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm your host, Kimisha Lucier, and so glad to be spending this time with you. Before we get into this episode, let's open up in prayer. Father, Lord of our lives and our precious Holy Spirit, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are, and we thank you for your tender mercies and your loving kindness that you always show and bestow upon us. Lead us, Holy Spirit, uh, into the place that you would have us go. We are not leaning on our own understanding, but we are relying upon you to direct our paths. Thank you, Lord, for leading us into the perfect will of the Father as given through the, the Son and teaching us the things that are important and resting on your heart concerning us, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for opening the word of God to us and giving us revelation of what's happening now and things to come, but also how to cooperate with you. We bind the hand of the adversary in the almighty name of Jesus, and we cast out doubt, suspicion, unbelief, and fear in the almighty name of Jesus. And we just release you, Holy Spirit, to have your perfect work. We thank you for today. We thank you for your time, Lord, and that you're spending it with us. In Jesus' almighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's get into this episode. My beloved is here, as you just heard. Thank you, darling, for being here with us today. It's a blessing and a pleasure as always. Amen. We're going to be talking about the chain of command still. And today we're going to be focusing on the top-down order. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about what that looks like and how that flows to us as people of God. So, darling, our springboard scripture is going to be Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 through 23, and then Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Will you read those for us, please, darling? Absolutely. Ephesians 1, starting in verse 20, says, Which he brought about in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. Amen. So, okay, and Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 through 10. It says, For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete, Mm -hmm. and he is the head over all rule and authority. Amen. Thank you, darling. So we can see from what we just read that... Christ is the head, especially as far as the believer is concerned uh-huh. and as far as principalities and the power of darkness is concerned. Christ is the head and he works and ministers to us through the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Now, when the scripture says that, uh, back to Ephesians chapter one, that he put all things under his feet, the he there is the father, put all things under Christ's feet, And gave Christ to be the head over all things to the church, which is Christ's body. If we could um, read it like that. And then finishing out verse 23 of Ephesians 1, um, 
and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. That's the fullness of the father who fills all in all. So I know sometimes when we read and we just see the capital H-I-M, we're not necessarily aware of who, which part of the Godhead is being referenced there. We just know it's God, but you can tell by context who's being referenced as doing which work and receiving work done upon him or acting in that particular role. So um, if you study out, I believe it's in Hebrews, when it says that all things were put under Christ's feet, that that being said and saying the Father put all things under Christ's feet does not mean that the Father himself is underneath Christ's feet because he's not a part of that subjection, but the Father gave Christ an authority to carry out. So we're going to look at two specific points um, in this episode. One is who is in charge of the believer. And two is, who is the believer in charge of? Those are two important questions for looking at the chain of command. So the simple answer is, Christ is in charge of the believer. We just read in Ephesians that the Father put us, his body, in subjection to Christ as the head. So then naturally, he's going to be the point of access and we, we know that the word says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes into the Father except through him. So because he is the door, because he is the head, he's the top, he's the chief, we take our command and our order from Christ Jesus. However, the role of the Holy Spirit is to take the commands that Christ is giving as the head and translate those or um, impart those, reveal those things to us so that we can walk in it. Remember we talked about previously that the Godhead is divinely submitted in its order, in the order to the, mm-hmm. in the structure of the Godhead. Father is first, Son would be second, Holy Spirit would be third, equal, but each has a role and there's a sequence to how they do things and mm-hmm. operate. You have something you want to say, darling? No, I'm just agreeing with you because oh. uh, it's important. Now, the other aspect that is important about chain of command, as you said, honey, it goes from the top down, mm-hmm. not the bottom up. We don't get to dictate to the Godhead what they are to to do and mm-hmm. say. Orders in any military run from the top down. Amen. It always begins with who is in charge or who's leading the nation, the kingdom, or whatever it is. In this case, it's the kingdom of heaven. And from that that point down. Amen. Amen. And I know while God invites us um, to let our requests be made known, that's in no way a dictation and a mm-hmm. demand that, God, you, you're going to do this because I said you're going to do it. That's not how the kingdom works, and that's not how the love of God operates. Um, so... Oh, also the scripture in Hebrews is Hebrews 2, 8, which says, you have put all things in subjection under his feet for in subjecting all things to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. But now we do not yet see all things subjected to him. Amen. And, um, uh, you may be familiar with the scripture, Isaiah 55 verse nine says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God is even back in the old Testament was saying, I'm the top, I'm the chief mm-hmm. and you follow. Um, 
And again, we, we know that Christ didn't just suddenly appear in his natural form. That wasn't his first entrance. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So Christ is equal to God. He is God and he's ever existent. He's eternal. So let's take a look at um, how to understand the dominion or the authority of the believer. Who is the believer in charge of? Because in the chain of command, there's always a top and then somebody's got to be at the bottom. (laughs) And there's, you know, however many steps in between there. But um, while Christ is in charge of us, we have to understand that we are in charge of ourselves. Amen. And we are to... As in we're to bring ourselves in subjection to the Lord. Exactly. We are to willingly submit to the Father. Mm -hmm. God doesn't strip us of our will. We're and and saying that we are submitting ourselves to the Father, that includes Christ, the Son, because you can't get to the Father without him and the Holy Spirit, because God is one. Um and because we are subjected to Christ and responsible for submitting ourselves to him, we are also in charge of the devil. Amen. Um putting him under our feet. Now we see in the scriptures that the Lord already gave that positioning. He's already established that order. Mm-hmm. When Christ was raised from the dead and exalted above all principality and powers and rulers and might and dominion, which we read, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, that includes the adversary and the power of darkness. So we're going to break this into two separate segments or um, parts of this to examine it. We're going to look at kingdom organizational um, structure, and we'll have a a chart that goes in with the lab that we do for this that you'll be able to visualize what we're talking about. Um, So the Father sets the plan, if you will, but he sends it through Christ as the the mediator of the covenant, which Mm -hmm. is the word tells us that in Hebrews, the mediator of what God the Father wants to do Um, for us through his blood and through our faith in his death, burial, and resurrection and the power of God. um, The father sends his instructions through Christ and then Christ delegates that to us, but Holy Spirit is the one who reveals it. If you think back to uh, what the Lord said about the Holy Spirit in the gospels, he said, wait for the promise of the father. Um, And I'm not going to leave you an orphan. The comforter is coming. And when he comes, he's going to do these specific tasks and roles. You have that scripture, honey? Or yeah, some, it's, uh, it's in John 16. Well, uh, I mean, he talks about that. It really begins in John 16, verse 5. But let's read from verse 12 through 15. He says, Jesus says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, Mm -hmm. he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not Mm -hmm. speak on his own initiative. Amen. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Amen. 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 And so like you just see that the short layout and description of Mm -hmm. what we talked about, the father sets the tone, everything belongs to the father and he is deposited in the son who is our access to the father. Amen. And then the Holy Spirit reveals to us what 
the son is delegating and instructing and commanding as the commander in chief for the believer. So um, also I want to point out then, so it's father, son, Holy Spirit, and then Holy Spirit ministers to the believers, but he also ministers to angels and directs the action of the angelic force that we talked about that the Christ, the Lord, the commander of angel armies is Jesus Christ. That's what his role was before he put on flesh. And then after he put on flesh, we became a part of that, that army that he is commanding. So he has both angelic and human force that he's um, instructing. Now, angels and believers are equals. I know you're going to go, what? How do you say that? I know. Don't be surprised. It's okay. I want to repeat that again, honey. <laughs> For all the listeners. and believers are equals. Mm-hmm. We are partners, and um, they are not above us. They're equals to us. And they just have different roles because they have a different form. Remember we talked about putting on a natural dirt body gives you specific authority to work in the earth. And there, there are rights and privileges, but authorities that go with being a natural human. Now, when we come to Christ and we are subjected to him, now we are also endued with power from on high, from the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and our covenant relationship with Christ Jesus that allows us to move and operate and walk just like Christ did while he was here in the earth. Um, no, no doubt. Someone will probably be thinking of Hebrews 2, 7, which says, oh, but for a little while you made him, talking about Christ, lower than the angels. Mm-hmm. But it goes right back to what you were just talking about, honey, honey, mm-hmm. with the, we have a, an earthly, fleshly, or terrestrial mm-hmm. body. But even in that earthly body, Jesus is still who Jesus was, is, and was, and is. Mm-hmm. So let, let's understand that. What we're, you're talking about is a celestial body. Mm-hmm. Versus terrestrial. Right. So terrestrial means terrain, right. dirt of the earth. Where? Celestial means of heaven. So our, which is referring to our glorified state. When we get there. When we get there. <laughs> yes. So while we're not there yet, mm-hmm. there is an element of being a little lower than the angels. Right. In the in the way of we are relegated to our place physically on the on earth, the earth. Where, whereas they are not limited to time and space and location. Correct. They move back and forth. Um, but it does not lessen our authority or our position. The location and position are different mm-hmm. um, as far as when it comes to authority. So let's look at a couple of scriptures that confirm that because we, we are confirming all things by the word of God and revelation of the Holy Spirit. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14 real quick. Um, and it just says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Okay. So they're doing a work of service here in the earth, not, and we get the benefit of it. They're not here to serve us as though we can put our feet up on their backs and order them around. They are, they hearken unto the command of the word of God only. And when we speak the word of God, then Mm -hmm. they are able to connect with that because we're in alignment and agreement. Amen to that. We're in agreement with what the Father has already said, and they're able to work and minister on our behalf, but not because they're our servants. They're not our servants, and they're not to be worshipped. Um, let's look at Colossians. Um, actually, since we're in Hebrews, let's look over at verse 6 as well. And we're just going to study this out. Oh, yeah, I got that scripture, honey. 
It says, but um, this is talking about the, uh, the, the son, Christ. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. Right. So that puts a mm-hmm. also position again that they are worshiping Christ, not the other way around. Christ wasn't worshiping them at any point, even when he was on. Even in his terrestrial body. Exactly. When he had that dirt body on, he did not begin to worship angels or then take command and order from them because of his dirt body. Absolutely not. He was still God. His position and of authority was still the same. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're just, we're moving through and just tracking this. Uh, Let's look at Revelation verse um, 19. I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 19 and verse 10 and then grab uh revelation 22 verses 8 through 9 but before we go over there you go ahead and turn to that honey and i'm gonna um read did we read first corinthians 15 40 we did not yet okay so let me read that and we'll we'll just look at that first corinthians 15 verses uh 38 through 47 actually we're gonna read while you're finding those scriptures, honey, says, but God gives it a body as he pleases and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption and it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man became a living being. The last Adam became a living, life-giving spirit. Let me read that again. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, meaning the the spiritual, the last Adam didn't appear on the earth first, but the natural Adam did. And afterward, the spiritual, the first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Okay, so you get those scriptures. So we just saw in there that the separation of bodies, but um, they are given by God. Which verses do you want in chapter 19? Just verse 10. Okay, easy day. So then I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Amen. And then go ahead and read 22, 8 through 9 for me. Absolutely says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But he said to me, Do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who heed the words of this book. Worship God. Amen. So you see clearly... This is the Apostle John who literally walked with Jesus, knew exactly During who he was. During his earthly ministry. And who had just spoken to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus is the one who 
started talking to him in the beginning Absolutely. of this revelation, right? While he was on, while John was on the Isle, the Isle of Patmos, he spoke. He spoke with Jesus, and actually, in Revelation twenty-two verse seven, Jesus had just spoken again. But mm-hmm. yet, John fell down at the feet of the angel to worship, and the angel's like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, don't do that," because we are brothers. And actually, if you really study this out, this. And this angel was what we read, the verses that we read, references an angel that he fell down to worship. Mm-hmm. But if you notice the this individual, this this person, this angel's speech, he's saying, I'm just like you and your fellow brethren. Mm-hmm. You can look at that as, either as an angel or as another brother in the Lord in his celestial or glorified state. And you will actually find similarity between what's in here and what's in the beginning of Zechariah with an individual that they he said had the appearance of an angel, but then as he talks to is recounting and what he is seeing in the this vision, he also references the same individual as a man. Well, we definitely understand that there are similars, similar similarities, I'm sorry, let me get that Amen. word out, in our appearances, because angels can take on the form of Absolutely. humans, right? How did they, in before the flood, have interaction with women, human women, and then even afterwards, um, the, we're, we're cautioned to entertain strangers because we may be entertaining angels Absolutely. without knowing it. So there is similarity in our presentation, all angels don't have two wings, six wings, and fly in that regard. They are spiritual beings. They don't necessarily even need wings to transport themselves. They're not limited by time and space like we are. So I want to look at, um, jump back to Colossians 2.18 for just one second, because I want to pick up on this, because sometimes we get so intrigued by the supernatural that we lose our, our grounding with God and we get off track and off focus and it does not please the Lord when we do that. Um, and it's not to our benefit. So the, the point in understanding that we're equals with angels, there are brethren as the angel directly told the apostle John, I'm a fellow servant and your brethren of your brother and the prophets Amen. worship God. That's all, the only person that should be the object of your worship, God and the fullness of the Godhead, father, son, and Holy spirit. Honey, you want to say something? Yes. And so along with that, then how we operate within the chain of command should be identical. The angels only move Mm -hmm. at the command of the Lord. Amen to that. We likewise should only move, whether it's to be sent to a place or a command as to what to say and what to do from the Lord. And that should be the only things that we are are moving on or as a result of. Amen. And that's the, you know, you see the the guards outside of Buckingham Palace or whatnot. Where is that? Where they stand there. And no yes. matter what the people do, they don't move or flinch or smile. That's their order is to stand there, stand guard. At this point, they've become, you know, a pop culture, sure. you know, Symbol, and, and people go out of their way to to get them to slip up, as it were, or try to, to get them to laugh show that they and have smile. a personality, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that's not what they're there for. Exactly. And they're an original. They got that reputation because they were holding their position and mm-hmm. being solely focused on the command that had been given them. So let's look at um, Colossians chapter two, verse eighteen. 
I think we're going to read uh, 16 through 18. It says, so let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Honey, can you read your translation on that? Do you have it? Sure. 16 through... 18. 18, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Therefore, no one is to act as you judge in regard to food or drink, or in respect to a festival or a new moon, or a Sabbath day, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind. And, oh. and actually, well, let's read verse 19 as well. Okay. And not holding fast to the head. Amen from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with a growth which is from God. Amen. So there you have it in a, I mean, like that's nicely wrapping up mm-hmm. everything that we were just talking about as far as how the chain of command works. The top down order is God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit, us, and then laterally or side to side by side Mm -hmm. us and angelic beings. Also, if you look through revelation and you see, um, how the, the beings are, they're casting their crowns before the Lord. They're, they're flying around crying out, holy, holy, holy. They are worshiping and serving God just like we are. And they are on assignment just like we are. So we're not to worship them or hold them in an esteem that's in awe or reverence, but to keep our awe and our reverence and our focus on Christ, who is the head, because that how that's how the father ordained it. He intended it and he meant it to happen for us and to be the the transactional way of business. Um, Also, something that's important for us to understand is that Christ has all the authority, right? And he has delegated his authority to us when we are in him. Mm -hmm. And he works through believers here in the earth as well, just like he sends um, Holy Spirit and just like um, he sends assignments for angelic forces and whatnot to do various things that he has determined that he wants done. But the important thing for us is that we are using the authority of the name of Jesus Christ and that Christ delegates through our covenant relationship. He's working through us, just like Christ said, the father was working through him to do the miracles and the work in the earth. Likewise, Christ and Holy Spirit are working through us Amen to, to do the work here in the earth. It's not because of our own name. It's not because we're so awesome. It's not because we're perfect or right. None of those things. It's purely our relationship with the Lord. Absolutely. And uh, a great example of why this matters is the seven sons of Sceva. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to that on the next episode because we're just about out of time for today. But I want you to meditate on those points. And I just want to give you a little bit of encouragement. I was um, praying for you as I was going through my week. And, you know, I just wanted to encourage you that you, you grow by challenge. You grow by going beyond what you are, you normally do Um, for someone who only picks up a weight or only lifts what they can lift. They don't grow in strength. 
the strength only comes when they challenge those muscles. And mm. that actually the, ap- the opposite happens. When you only lift what you think you can lift, your strength lessens. Absolutely. And that's just the way the natural body works. Um, but Christ in this process is stretching you. He's challenging you. Um, it may seem tedious. It may seem like it's taking a long time. You know, I, I have a sense that some of you have a, a, an urgency, like you, you're ready to just to get started and you feel like we haven't got going yet. But those are the times where you can actually look back and see that how much you've grown when you feel like, oh, there's nothing happening and nothing going. So I just want to encourage you to look back with God and go, Lord, what are you doing? How much have I developed? Show me what you see and give God that opportunity to um, minister to you through the Holy Spirit. Also, don't get tired. Don't get weary. Keep working. Keep pressing through. Keep praying. Keep believing God. Keep stretching yourself. Keep doing the assignments. Keep showing up for the episodes um, each time they're posted on Fridays and Sundays. Keep doing the uh, the labs when they're when it's time to do a lab because God is using this to develop you and cultivate you. And the way that God works is not the most obvious path and plan. If you haven't observed that through his word yet, you will find that about him. He doesn't come the way that we think he should. He comes the way that he knows is best. And so I just wanted to let you know and encourage you that he is He is working in you and you are growing and let the work be completed and finished. Don't give Amen. up. Honey, you had something? And yes, on, on things like the labs, it's an aid to assist in your growth. Mm-hmm. But like anything else... Uh, if you're doing any any course, any college class, whatever it is, you have to revisit your notes. Mm-hmm. You have to look over them. You have to study them and allow the Lord to uh, write, I mean, prophetic words or whatever it is that the Lord's spoken into your life mm-hmm. or that he's using to to have you grow and mature in mm-hmm. him, to, to be challenged, ultimately the refining that is happening. You have to revisit it. You have to re-examine it. So you can get a better understanding of just how much growth and development has happened. Amen. And he will also work with those things that's already happened. The mm-hmm. foundational, those foundational pieces, putting it all together and removing any, any gaps or and I'll say it in a different way, adding to what you have already received mm-hmm. to further aid you in your growth and your development and your maturation in the Lord. Amen. Amen. And I just want to tell you, we love you. And if it feels like we're challenging you and maybe we're poking in some of your sore spots, understand <laughs> that it's we it's from a place of love. We are saying what the Lord is telling us to say. And again, um, no one grows into a warrior by being cushioned and coddled. Not at all. And, you know, and all things, we're not trying to be hard on you. We're not we're not doing anything but loving you. Um, but we, you know, just want you to know that God is working a good work in you. And we believe God that he will finish that and complete it unto the day of salvation. We are continually growing in him and we are continually, continually pursuing him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving our neighbors as ourselves as we go. So I just want to pray for you really quickly. Father, we thank you In the almighty name of Jesus, we love you and we bless you. We thank you for the listeners, Lord. We thank you for the heart that they have for you, Lord. And we just thank you for finishing the good work that you've started in them and that you are encouraging their faith. You are the author and finisher of their faith. And you are the one who upholds them and sustains them in all things, Lord. Help them where they're weak. Sustain them where they feel like they may fail, God. And keep your word moving, working, and coming forward in 
through and around them every day, Lord, every day of their life. Let everything that they set their hands to that you've commissioned God prosper. And every tongue that rises up against them in condemnation, Lord, you show them to be flawed and incorrect. Vindicate your people, Lord, validate them and let them know how you feel about them, Lord, in your eyes, in your almighty name, Lord Jesus. Oh, and we bless our our brothers and sisters who are listening from the nation of Israel. I know that their hearts are focused Mm -hmm. on what's happening around them at this time and to them, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for being with them in the dark places and the the crowded holes and even the places where it seems like they may be lost. Lord, be a friend to them. Open doors that are closed, Lord Jesus, and guide them safely to the place that you would have them be. Cause the ones who are at home to be strengthened and the 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 soldiers, the natural soldiers and armies to fight with your diligence, Lord, and minister to them your truth and reality, Holy Spirit, and the truth of Christ Jesus and who you are. In the almighty name of Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you, and remember to live your life in the Messiah's love. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on Connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe.